It's been a long day. Grab a cold drink and step into the man cave. Your host, J.D. Harris and friends are getting the discussion together. So it's sure to be an exciting hour of fun and talk. We want to hear from you, too. So get ready to speak your mind. We don't judge here. Now your host of the man cave, J.D. Harris and friends. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Happy Wednesday to you. Is that middle of the week ready to go on and get closer to the weekend each day closer? Love the weekend. But uh, anyway, uh, first of all, I want to start off just giving a moment of silence for uh, Jose Fernandez with, with the Marlins. It seemed, you know, this young man had a remarkable story uh, coming from Cuba and just um, just a huge loss to baseball and to the baseball family. Um, a young man that displayed a lot of zeal for both life and the sport of baseball. Um, just hearing the different pundits uh, throughout the week that just kind of the honor and homage that they paid to this young man uh, just speaks a lot. And, you know, it may be even question myself, you know, am I that infectious in what I do? Uh, do you display the love and the passion for your sport? And is it contagious? And uh, apparently this young man had that it, uh, even to the point where some people were annoyed by it, but they loved him. And it was like he was just on 10 all the time. And you can appreciate that, uh, especially as you see a lot of people that eventually seem to become complacent in terms of, being a professional athlete and seeming burdensome and with this young man, what it took for him to get there and where he was and to lose his life at such a young, promising age. Um, it reminded me and uh, uh, people talked about like when Jerome Brown died uh, when he uh, played for the Philadelphia Eagles, he, he and Reggie White were the dynamic duel that were basically changing football. And so whenever you have someone like that, uh, that you lose, which you feel is too early, but, you know, maybe his mission was accomplished. I mean, because he has left the impact that he has uh, on this earth. So I'd just like to give a quick moment of silence for Jose. Okay, um, getting back to baseball, being a Chi-Town boy, and I'm not going to lie. I root for the Chicago White Sox and the Chicago Cubs. Some people say you can't do it, and I say, why Why can't you? I'm one that never kind of follows suit what everyone else says anyway. So, I mean, congratulations to the Cubs uh, and clinching the division and, you know, in the playoff home field advantage and things of that nature. Now, the way I look at it, okay, that was fine. You can have this record, you can kick butt like you did, but it means nothing without that rain. So let it rain, Cubs, let it rain. Also, I'm a Dodgers fan, too, So I, and the Yankees. Uh, uh, it's kind of the same way with me with a lot of sports. I like a lot of different teams for a variety of reasons. One may be because I have a large amount of friends that are there um, or – location or historical significance um, when you look back at, for example, with the Dodgers, even though when they were in Brooklyn, with them bringing in Jackie Robinson, that just went volumes for me knowing about the sport and things like that. On the other hand, a quick kind of crossover to baseball. <laughs> some people, well, some people laughed um, with the idea of Tim Tebow signing up or joining baseball and getting the workout and things like that, I saw guys that played in the league. They didn't take them serious and not saying, you know, playing in, a, uh, in the league that he's in, uh, the division that he's in, that it matters anyway. But I think it's pretty remarkable for any person, especially when you haven't played in 10 years, to come in your first at-bat as a home run, a Tebow, we're taking a bow. We're taking a Tebow bow. Uh, someone said they watched him run bases like he was walking on water. Uh, so there he goes again. Tim Tebow has found a way into uh, ESPN and our uh, hearts again, uh, just with the guy just being 
very diligent and going after what he wants. Uh, I wish him the best, and he's good for sports, uh, especially as much as athletes are critiqued. I wish people just didn't always throw a haterade on the guy. Um, celebrate him. Good job, Timmy. So, which brings me, I know we typically, like, I have this thing, and my brother and I always talk about it. I don't even really want to deal with basketball until after football season is over. Um, and it's just, to me, it's like taboo. It's like curse. It's like, do you eat your dessert with your appetizer? Nah, kind of take your time, enjoy where you're at, and then go on to the next thing. But this week or this past week, I've had no choice but to kind of go against that because uh, this past weekend, uh, Jeff Spinard, owner of Voice America and Ryan Treasure and a group of us uh, with went out to the NBA's Hall of Fame uh, fundraiser foundation deal at the Wigwam Resort, which is right down the street from my house, owned by the NBA's own Jerry Colangelo. Uh, if you don't know about Jerry Colangelo, he's a Chicago native. You know, got to give the shout out to him for that. But uh, Jerry has been such an instrumental part of, first of all, basketball, but sports in the Phoenix area. A little bit about him. He was the former owner of the Phoenix Suns, and he assembled those teams that had Barkley and Marley and things like that that lost to, of course, the Bulls. So that's always a tough one. He's also been uh, the president and you know general advisor for the USA basketball and took over for that and helped bring back the gold to the U.S. and things of that nature, especially when they started ad- adding pro athletes. But then not only that, he owned the Arizona Diamondbacks, and which in four years he goes and wins the World Series. So uh, just to give you a background of the individual, it's remarkable what he's been for sport uh, in the Phoenix area, but in just in basketball in general. And so he had he was raising twenty million dollars for the NBA Hall of Fame. And you're, I'm thinking to myself, like, what does the Hall of Fame need twenty million dollars for? But you know, one of the things he did bring out it was like, you know, technology things like that, and it's a museum, and you know, so things of that nature and keeping up with everything and things like that. I get it, but I was like, dang, $20 million. So anyway, he also owns the Wigwam Resort, and he is the uh, head advisor for Grand Canyon University uh, in their sports and business program, which uh, he was very instrumental in getting Dan Marley hired, and which now uh, GCU is D1 in all its sports. They're not eligible for tournament championship play or the Final Four. That would have been nice, would it? Uh, or, I mean, with the championship being here uh, this up-and-coming spring. But he just has been an instrumental part of expanding things in the area. So, anyway, he had, um, this past weekend, he had the NBA Hall of Fame banquet and things like that, our post-banquet and fundraiser. And it was just, it was really cool. So, like, at this banquet, he had the likes of Kathy Ross, a rush. Uh, she was a Hall of Fame basketball, women's basketball coach. Uh, you had Sage Still, who was the MC, which Sage, everybody can agree, is just absolutely beautiful. And I have to tell you about that a story about Sage, or Sage. Jamal Wilkes. Hall of Famer for the um, L.A. Lakers and Clippers. He's been in a few play places. Bernard King, who was absolutely hilarious. I mean, this guy was just something else. And then you had Wayne Embry, um, another uh, NBA Hall of Famer. And wait till I get, you know, spent 58 years uh, involved in the NBA. And Elgin Baylor. Now, Elgin Baylor 
If you don't know about him, you got to look him up. He was Dr. J and Jordan before there was a Dr. Day and, uh, Dr. J and Jordan. I mean, he was dunking. He was attacking the rim. Uh, just unbelievable ball control in the air. Just unreal. And then we had Gary Payton. Some other people that was in attendance at this uh, event were Craig Hodges. If you don't know who Craig Hodges is, he was a three-point champion, uh, from the Chicago Bulls, he played a little bit with the Bucks, and Craig Hodges. I'm talking about he was unconscious with the threes. I mean, we now have Steph Curry, so it makes it relative. But in my age, growing up in our era of watching basketball, Craig Hodges was one of the elite. You also had uh, Theo Ratliff, uh, Arizona's own Dan Marley was there. Tom Gugliotta. You know, I even had the chance. Uh, P.J. Carlissimo, um, I'm trying to think who else. Oh, Vinny Del Negro, which was very interesting that, you know, I had to tell. I was like, Vinny, you know, back in the day when I'd be playing live, dog, you know, you helped me win some games. And so it was very interesting to uh, take part in an event. So, like, what they did on the first night, they hosted, like, a panel. Uh, with the Hall of Famers, and so each one had to kind of bring into light, you know, who they are, what they did, and, you know, and their road to becoming um, an NBA Hall of Famer. And so it was just so unique or so interesting, the stories that the people told. And, you know, each person, you know, they kind of went through, and you saw a lot of personality um, so one of the things when we get back, I'm going to just kind of discuss some of the highlight points each person kind of brought up uh, with their stories, and it's a treat. So we'll be back at the break. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to J.D. Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. So, before we went into break, I was talking about the NBA Hall of Fame uh, event that was hosted here out, out here in Phoenix. And... With the panel, the Hall of Famers uh, that were on panel for basketball, um, each one just had a unique story, uh, like their about their voyage to the Hall of Fame uh, to getting there. So Kathy Rush, a lot of people may not be aware. um, First of all, she was a single mom when she was coaching. Uh, She was one of the also with her son. He was probably would have been diagnosed with AD&D, according to her. She said she literally spanked him every day. 
Um, but I just thought it was a, remarkable to be a head college coach. And, you know, let's be honest, you know, around the time she was coming in, Title IX wasn't kicking in like it probably ought to have been during that time. So you're talking about a smaller staff that, you know, she was saying that they were renting gremlins to get rides. Based, uh, and if you don't know what the gremlins are, it's the little cars. Uh, my aunts actually had one. It was funny. But basically, you know, they had less than suitable transportation and housing. And so what she began to do was actually sell tickets to the games once they got a following to help fund their trips for the rest of the season, which I think it was she was one of the first, according to her, she was one of the first uh, female coaches to charge for games. Um, but anyway, so she took it took her. She missed the Hall of Fame five times before getting inducted. The uh, next person. Uh, Jamal Wilkes, who was passed on two times himself, he, uh, a lot of people was like, you know, wondering, questioning whether he can make that transformation from UCLA um, to the NBA, especially because he played under John Wooden. And with Wooden, a lot of people felt like it was the coaches and they had such a good team that individual players, you know, may not be able to survive in the professional level. Like, probably today's modern-day Duke player. Uh, a lot of people believe, like, when a guy comes from Duke, like, they'll win, they'll be in the Final Four, win a championship. But how many of them are stars in the NBA? You know, I think, you know, like, Elton Brand was one of the few that had, you know, in Grant Hill before he got injured, but not many Duke players that were dominant at the collegiate level were able to make that transformation to the pro level. And so that was one of the questions with Jamal. And then uh, I thought another thing that uh, another question about him, you know, being able to survive in the league, they were like, could he actually deal with Rick Barry? I guess Rick Barry was just quite the personality. Uh, and just it was questioned on how that process would hand, uh, work out between the two with, you know, Rick being such a strong personality. And then also, would he be able to endure uh, the toils of an NBA season? And with all that being said, he was rookie of the year. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, Bernard King, which Bernard King was freaking hilarious. This dude, I'm not going to even lie. He comes in with his gear. It's nothing flashy. Found out actually uh, one of my family members was is his next door neighbor or was his next door neighbor. But just kind of laid back. You wouldn't even know that, you know, he was in the NBA. He was just a uh, laid back dude, kind of uh, blended in with the crowd. But, um, you know, he was just saying that, you know, he didn't know right away that he would be a NBA player. And one of the things I found very interesting with him is, you know, like he wrote a speech the day of, which was like, you know what, for uh, his acceptance speech, he was like, hey, this is just where it is. He's just that laid back cool dude. And one of the other things that I found that was really impressive about him, he was saying that he's had an endowment for University of Tennessee for the past 35 years. So he's just been a guy that's been committed to helping other people. And you can see him along the tour for Colangelo's many different events with basketball. Uh, now the next person, Wayne Embry. Wayne Embry, this guy, wow. I'm like, this dude just really blew my uh, socks off. He, um, first of all, he never, when he played, you know, he uh, ended up holding many roles. He was a player in the NBA, a general manager, and a board member. And, you know, he spent 58 total years in the NBA. And, you know, he was the GM in Toronto. And he has always, him saying for himself, he's always loved to see other people succeed. But the most interesting thing I found about this dude, and this is a brother, this cat was on the board of the Federal Reserve. I'm like, how does that translate? You know, you're doing basketball, and it's like, hey, yo, 
you know, we're going to put you in with the top five families, the diamonds, and just, you know, say, hey, <laughs> won't you go ahead and be on this board? So I'm like, this dude has to be a sharp, sharp dude. So that was uh, Wayne Embry, something really interesting about him. Then the next person, like I went into, I'm not going to even lie, I was geeked. I was geeked. Mr. Elgin Baylor. Man, this dude was so cool, and I'm not going to even lie. EB had the baddest woman in the place. And even though she was probably old enough to be my mama, he just had that juice. (laughs) And Elgin, he was like, I never thought I'd be an NBA player. That was until in the summer when I was going to college, I was playing with some NBA players and I was giving them the business. Then I just knew I was, I was going to be in the NBA. <laughs> so I was like, this dude was like, okay, you know, you got to put it into perspective during the time and era he was in. It was like, first of all, to be able to play in games with NBA players and stuff like that. And then to go and give them the business. And he was just saying like, um, a lot of times, his mom actually had to kind of protect him because his dad was like, uh, you know, no, you're not going to be an NBA player. And his mom was like, yeah, yes, he is. And so I just thought that was profoundly uh, interesting. And then the personality himself, Mr. Personality, he had, was and is how you think he is. GP, Gary Payton, this brother, boy, oh boy. He had me rolling all weekend. I mean, Gary Payton was Gary Payton. And if you ever, if you grew up watching the NBA, you watched the Supersonics, which is now the Thunder, (laughs) or when, you know, with the Lakers, this dude, they called him the glove. And the reason why he was called the glove, because his defense was just tight. I mean, he was just on you. But what I liked about him, I mean, and when you think about a player that is known for defense, you think about a player that's gritty, that's hungry, and that's tenacious. And, you know, he's just going to get in your ear and talk mess. And GP, even on the golf course, was talking mess and getting in your ear. But what I found uh, really, really that just kind of got me with him. One thing is he, uh, whatchamacallit, his game got better. Once he started playing street ball, he said he was in the NBA. He didn't do as well as rookie season. Then he went and started playing some street ball, and his game just got there. But the other thing, you know, when he was inducted, John Stockton, he chose John Stockton to, you know, do his presentation at the Hall of Fame. So, at this event, which was really interesting, they had like tables, they had uh, an auction, and then they had a silent auction. So throughout the auction, yeah, things like uh, the Charles Barkley Hall of Fame inductee ball and Scottie Pippen and, you know, you had chairs signed by the class, you know, with the seat and things like that. So me being a sports fanatic and having a man cave, I went ahead and I actually won the auction on a Scottie Pippen ball and a Charles Barkley ball. And they're like one of which it was really interesting. They do it by their number. So, you know, since Scottie Pippen was number 33, they had only 33 balls signed by Scottie Pippen uh, and also like only 34 with the Hall of Fame inductee balls, uh, 34 signed by Barkley. So there was a John Stockton ball. And let me tell you, this cat was like, okay, I got to win this. It got my boy's name on it. And Gary, he actually put in and got one of John Stockton ball. And when he was walking, he was like, I can't leave without my ball. And seeing him run through (laughs) to go get his ball was freaking hilarious. Um, And I forgot to mention, like, the big unit was there. Uh, you also had Mitch Richmond. It was it was just so much fun. Uh, I had a guy, young man that will actually be coming on our show fairly soon, Will Clay. He was the triple jumper that won the silver in Olympics. Just a lot of cool people. And so um, 
that was the NBA Hall of Fame weekend, and I, I was able to uh, golf. I was supposed to golf with <laughs> um, f- former coach from the Cardinals, uh, Carl Hargraves, uh, which was a, a friend of mine that I actually worked with for a little bit. So we were out there, and I just didn't want to waste anybody's time or money. So I just said, you know what, I'll be on my phone and I'll drive the golf cart and we'll have a blast. And that's exactly what we did. And some of those guys made me feel that my golf game is not as bad. But I'm going to tell you, the dude that could drive out there, Kwame Lasser, Kwame was hitting that dang thing. I was like, dog. Uh, And we also had a young man with us that basically, Will, he carried uh, the whole team because – Dudes was shanking. We had what we call the professor out there. He was coaching everybody else but himself. You know that dude that uh, takes private lessons and everything. And, man, it, it was freaking hilarious. So it was just a great experience, and especially for someone like myself that primarily just always kind of focused on football, uh, just to hear the history. Um, the Booker, uh, Booker for the Suns. Jerry had a panel that consisted of him, Tom Gugliotta, and um, whatchamacallit, wow, uh, Cedric Sabalas and a couple other sons, and talking to Booker and just ch- telling him what it's like to be a son. So I just thought it was a great experience, and I am looking forward to next year. And thank you for all the free Nike gear, uh, golf shoes, jackets, all that stuff. You know, I'm Nike down, and I'm actually like typically not a Nike wearer, but hey, I will be for the next several months. So anyway, we're gonna go on to break. We'll be back in a sec. Check you back at the man cave. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby on Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1 888 346 9144. 1 888 346 9144. Or send an email to JD Harris at high intensity sports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. So, right now, uh, we talked about all the other sports, and I never really give that much time during football season to the other sports. So, hey, congratulations. But like I said, uh, for those of you that like basketball and baseball, you know, you guys are getting into the storylines. It's a good sports time of year, especially when we hit that October. Oh, gosh, it's just awesome. Uh, But anyway, so we have NCAA. Now, I can't say that I was shocked, knew it was coming, but Les Miles getting fired. Any lesser program, he would still be coaching there, things like that, really felt like, you know, they, they wanted to fire him early, it sounds like, just so they could get a jump on things, and so people clearly know that knew that the job was open. Um, I probably would have walked that thing out for the rest of the year just because with the players, unless it was just turmoil in the background, you know, I just can see getting rid of them now. You're saying, you know, you're setting a nasty precedence uh, in terms of doing that. Uh, you had Notre Dame that fired their DC. I mean, they're taking a note from uh, Buffalo in the NFL 
But, you know, here's the thing. Is Notre Dame job going to be open? Heck, Les Miles might go there. I mean, he has the right temperament, things like that. Who's next? He has a name that can recruit. Um, so he may be employed fairly soon. Um, is Auburn next? You know, it's a few, uh, you know, is a few jobs. But, yeah, I, I definitely see Brian Kelly possibly being gone. Uh, and then you have USC that very well see what Lynn Swan does, you know, he, he ain't gonna play that. <laughs> uh, so it, it's going to be interesting. Um, definitely tough now with, with sports and coaching college, you know, again, college coaches, unless you did something that was just horrible, you usually got a while before you got fired. Um, and you know, LSU, like I said, it was some games that, you know, just very close, but they lost the games. They shouldn't have lost. And, uh, time management, things like that, that will get you every, every time. So right now, you know, you have the AP where the top five, I usually kind of mess around with that. You got Bama at number one, Ohio State at two, Louisville Louisville at three, Michigan at four, and Houston at five. Uh, The coaches uh, poll has Bama at one, Ohio State at two, at three is Clemson, at four is Louisville, at five is Michigan, and then, you know, you kind of have Stanford in the mix. So it's going to be interesting, especially with those that are at that, you know, that third spot with Louisville, you know, in one pole, and then uh, Clemson uh, is in the coaches at three ahead of Louisville. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens, you know, with this game. They're calling the battle of the college quarterbacks, and – you know, I guess it's good for both teams to play each other now because if you lose, you still have a chance. Um, but it's – that's a game that I definitely will be watching this Saturday. I actually – I'm kind of torn. Uh, I like both quarterbacks. But I'm going to go with Louisville on this one. Clemson has just been skating by, kind of like Florida State – with some of their games, just slow starts, uh, even though Deshaun last week, you know, he balled out. But, you know, let's see what's going to happen with Action Jackson and get fresh crew. I'm going to take Louisville in that game. Uh, Michigan is playing their butts off. Uh, Michigan State, I, you know, well, I'm going to go on before I go there. Stanford, I don't know if you watched that game against UCLA. What a freaking game. Um the catch at the end, I mean, dude was high-pointing the balls. It's going to be interesting uh, to see where Stanford ends up, you know, in the conversation for the playoffs. If they can win out, you know, I definitely believe that, you know, that's a team you have to consider. Uh, David Shaw just doing a remarkable job at the program. Um, so it'll be interesting. And then Michigan State taking that L to Wisconsin. And that Big Ten – is a conference that you can't sleep on. I mean, we know about Ohio State, but Wisconsin is a a team you always have to keep in play. Even though sometimes they may not have overall team speed like the other teams, but dang, they got the dudes up front. They got the dudes in the trenches that can play the ball and control the ball game. And so it's going to be interesting um, to see where they end up, uh, you know, especially, you know, with their conference. They beat what Michigan, Michigan State, thirty to six, and here's Michigan State as a team that I consider, you know, a contender. Um, it's going to be interesting how the rest turns out. Now we have uh, Ole Miss versus Georgia. Man, Georgia just got spanked. You know, I thought they would have a little bit more fight this year, but Ole Miss after taking that L, they're like, no more. We're about to uh, go ahead and put hands on people. And then the Tennessee-Florida game, way to go, volunteers, you pull one out. And I can't say that I have personally have really rooted for either one of those teams. I, I just don't know. I, you know, I had an uncle that in my whole family actually lived in a good portion of my family lived in Gainesville. But, you know, I think obviously that was a big win for Tennessee. So it's going to be interesting. But like I said, the game of the week this week is that Louisville-Clemson game. I'm going to get the popcorn ready, 
tune out the world and watch the game and enjoy it because it's going to definitely be interesting. Now we're going on to the NFL. Boy, we're going into week uh, four and talk about the walking wounded. You have Russell Wilson, which they're saying now he may very well play. You have J.J. Watt that's on IR, AP on IR. Um, and, you know, the question is whether Watt and AP can even come back. You know, are they done or are they finished? <laughs> In the words of Birdman, uh, put some respect on their name. You know, Adrian Peterson has always been able to defy a lot of odds because he's just a genetic freak. But being a genetic freak, and I tell people, taller running backs, usually they take a lot more injuries than, you know, maybe a smaller back does. And especially once you start, you're hitting at 30 plus, you're over north of 30, and, you know, you start, things start going wrong with your wheels. It's going to be interesting uh, to see how he comes back and what he's able to do when he comes back. Uh, J.J. Watt, you know, another NFL marquee guy, um, just another freak of nature with a unmatched work ethic, and, you know, he's done. And, I, you know, even though they have some other guys on place with Houston, he is the heart and soul of that team. I mean, even in, if I ever had to pick a player in the NFL – like my first player drafted, if it was a fantasy pool, like even with Madden, J.J. Watt is that dude that I usually go for. I mean, that dude, he just does so much and changes the game so much. And so, I mean, that's a huge loss for Houston that's, you know, pedestrian right now themselves. And then you have Joey Bozo, number one pick for San Diego Chargers. And I've told people this ample times. Rookies that hold out usually don't do well. It's almost like a rookie curse. You know, if you hold out on your contract, chances are your rookie year is pretty much a wash. And especially now with the new CBA, guys aren't able to have the contact that they used to have. Uh, You know, you miss most of camp. So it's already like club met with that. And so now you have, you've kind of, kind of, retarded your acclimation process to the NFL. And so it's going to be interesting to see what happens, what they do with them. And then, dang, pretty much the whole Miami squad, you know, is just banged up. And the person who will be coming back probably this week, who I wish stayed on IR, not because I want him to be hurt, but for them to make a lame excuse not to play him, is Jay Cuddy over there at Chi-Town. But, you know, that would be too good to be true. So uh, Cuddy's out. But I don't know, the games, like the matchup, every, like everybody, the sell of the week uh, and was supposed to be New York versus Washington. And man, oh man, uh, one of my former players and I had a debate. Who got the best of who between Josh Norman and Odell Beckham? Odell may have had the stats on the field, but it's clear that Norman got in his head. I mean, dude was hyper-emotional. I mean, the battle with the kicking net and the kicking net one is like, this dude is just OC, Uh out there and it's like you know I think sometimes with younger guys you know they begin to believe the press clippings about themselves and you know ESPN and things like that where it's just like you have to understand there's a voyage there's a journey you know you nobody cares what you did your rookie year they want to see you three four years down the road and speaking of that it kind of takes me to uh, the Ravens versus the uh, Jaguars with uh, Jalen Ramsey talking mess to Brother Smith, Sr. Steve Smith, that's the one dude. I don't care how big a lot of other dudes are. That's the one dude you do not want to piss off in the NFL. Steve Smith is about that life. And so Steve was like uh, getting, uh, even though it was some zone and Ramsey was supposed to be on him, and Steve went ahead and put the Jets on him, let him show him what he was about. 
They had some words on the field. Steve was like, bro, we'll talk about this after the game. And uh, Jalen Ramsey didn't, like, didn't want parts of what Steve Smith was saying. He went into the locker room and started talking stuff to the media. And it took Steve Smith to be on uh, ESPN or Mike and Mike. And he was like, um, dude was talking a mess. But when you see the video, he's shaking his head a lot for a dude. <laughs> I was like, Steve Smith is not only going to beat you with his hands, his legs, but he kind of got into my game of young Ramsey's. So if I was young Ramsey, I'm going to go ahead and leave that dog alone. That dog will bite. Uh, and it's not just a bark. Um, so that was very, very interesting. And then, man, to watch the Steelers versus the Eagles. I'm going to tell you, I still believe in Pittsburgh. But dang, son, Philly, is once really that good? I mean, I'm like, they just couldn't get anything together. But you better believe Mike T is not about to let that stuff happen again. Mike T is going to have you busted out. He's going to talk to the football player. He's not going to talk to the, to the person. Later on, he'll talk to the person with the exodus slip. But I guarantee you, this week, the Steelers are going to be in there and everybody is on notice. Notice, you will get served this week if something happens even remote to what it looked like on the field last week. Um, and good organizations are able to rebound and to correct it. But man... Um, it is going to be interesting. I mean, Philly was just on all cylinders. You had Sproles, you know, taking about a thousand steps for five yards, but gone. He was on turbo. And, you know, this is even without uh, Ryan Mathis. And, you know, you can't even name. In fact, if anyone can name a Philadelphia Eagle receiver without Googling it right now, I give you a dollar because I know you can't. I'm going to go to break and see if anybody emails me with the receiving core for the Philadelphia Eagles. So we'll be back. Let's find them receivers. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. Back goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we... We cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144, 1-888-346-9144, or send an email to Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, we are back on the man cave. So... We're going into this fourth week, and Bill Walsh, the great Bill Walsh, really respect the man, loved his outlook. If you ever get a chance and you got like $300 because it's out of print, you got to buy the book Bill Walsh Finding the Winning Edge. I've had two of them stolen from me, literally, maybe three. 
Uh, so when I first got it, it was like 35 bucks. Now it's like 350 used. So anyway, he talks about how you basically put the football season into quarters. And so we're going on to that fourth week. And, you know, some of the teams, like, I don't know if you watched that Monday night debacle. I couldn't even sit there. I was like, let me read a book. Let me do something. Because this was just, it, it did not seem like an NFL game. Uh, I've seen better freshman football games uh, being played, but given credit, it gives some leeway to the Bears. They had a lot of injuries, you know, a squad that's pretty much decimated on defense. But what they showed on Monday night was just ridiculous. Um, a lot of my people from Chicago went to Dallas. So, I mean, hey, you had a good time. You probably had some beers in you. Uh, so it's a done deal. Um but it'll be interesting. Uh, you have also in the news with the NFL. I thought this was pretty interesting. Uh, Green Bay's haha Clinton Dix. What you know, all that's going on with society. He has decided, especially with the murders and uh, what he feels is not you know reputable representations for people of color and things like that. He's vowing to go back to school, criminal justice, and proceed on from there when he's done with his career to make an impact. Uh, kudos to you. And then there's always a little warning where there's smoke, there's fire. Uh, Word on the streets has, you know, Mr. (coughs) Coughlin uh, is chilling and had a chance to talk to the owner of the Bills and was like, hey, dog, you know, I see my boy Rex ain't going to make it. You know, I'm here, you know, not, I'm down the road. What's up? Holla at your boy. Uh, but uh, it was denied by Coughlin's people that uh, such conversations took place. But it'll be interesting at the end of the season. See what happens. Uh, and then we have your New England. Thank God for New England. Uh the media, the press, uh, that the sound bites that they give for us and the pictures are just unbelievable. You know, you have, they stole the news the past two seasons with Deflategate. You know, uh, you had the Spygate and all the other gates that's typically aligned with New England. But one thing you can't argue they have a great coach. His ability to coach the game, his knowledge of football, it's just parallel to none. Um, but you had Tom Brady pretty much just telling the world to kiss his tail because he's out tanning, vacationing, showing his booty and stuff like that. And I, you better believe it was very subliminally sent to the rest of the league and especially uh, to the league offices. Uh to the commission. So yeah, I found that interesting um, with their quarterbacks backed up, uh, banged up, you know, which I always say this, you take your third, your, your, one of your best athletes, they always have to be able to play quarterback. I remember growing up back in the day, the bears went through tons of guys and they had to put Peyton at quarterback. Um, and so new England is going to, you know, is preparing Elderman to play. And I think, you know, he was a college quarterback at one time. And I think that he, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. Maybe he can get Gronk back on track and get that going. So I'm actually looking forward to see what happens with their game this week. Um, and so we're going to go into this week's picks. And I just want to let everybody know I won my football pool. I think I picked like 10 of the teams correctly last week uh, or 10 of the games correctly. I was on fire. I won my fantasy league. I mean, I was on fire last week. So, you know, some people need to give me a call so I could go in. Uh, But before I go and start making picks, the other team that I just need for them to step it up, I got to get my Cardinals on. We got to run the ball. 3-1 is a beast. Uh, It's not looking good. Uh, we got to pull out, you know, two games, at least two, you know, be two for two uh, in this first quarter. Like Bill Walsh said, it's very important to at least your, you know, at least to be 500 in that first week. It kind of sets the stage of what's going to be with the rest of your season. 
otherwise we'll be uh, trying to high, uh, be in a Christian McCaffrey stakes uh, next season or, or quarterback. So anyway, first game matchup, we got Jacksonville at or Indiana Jack versus Jacksonville uh, in London. I believe that it's going to be Jacksonville. They're used to this trip. This is just another trip over the pond. They'll be all right. Tennessee versus Houston. Tennessee is going to put beat the brakes off of Houston. That first of all, they have a stable of running backs, including their quarterback that can run. And Houston just, you know, they're losing teeth. Uh, Cleveland at Washington. I made a mistake last week of picking Cleveland, and I guess, you know, I haven't learned. I'm going to pick Cleveland over Washington. Seattle at New York. Uh, Jets. It's going to be interesting to see where Russell Wilson is, especially with that uh, front seven of New York. I am going to take the Jets. Um, Buffalo at New England. Now, Rex Ryan, this game will either make him or break him, but he's going to put it all on the table. I'm actually going to go for Buffalo this week. I think New England will be 3-1. and one. Carolina at Atlanta, or versus Atlanta. I'm going to take Carolina. You have Oakland at Baltimore. It's about time that Oakland gets one. I'm going to take Oakland over Baltimore. Detroit at Chicago. Never thought any day in my life I'll say this. I'm going to take Detroit. Denver at Tampa Bay. If Tampa Bay couldn't handle the Cardinals front four, they're not going to handle Denver's. Los Angeles versus AZ. I hate to do it to my boys, but I'm going to take uh, Los Angeles. They'll run the ball. New Orleans versus San Diego. I'm going to take San Diego. Dallas at San Fran. Got Dallas. KC at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is not going to lose twice. New York at Minnesota. I am going to take New York. I thank you guys for tuning in this week. We'll check you next week. Watch them games and uh, have some fun. Be safe. Until next week. Peace. All right, we're just about out of here, but make sure you come on back next Wednesday at 6 p.m. East, 3 p.m. West for another edition of The Man Cave with J.D. Harris and friends on the Voice America Sports Channel. See you soon.